Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 15 of the Creapack podcast, a podcast where I combine creativity and impact in hopes to give more than I can get. For those of you who are new, welcome and thank you for joining me on this cool little journey. And speaking of cool little journey, I'm doing something pretty dang hard, in my opinion at least. Recording a podcast for 365 days straight without missing a day, talking about the things that I care about, and I hope some of the things that I talk about may resonate with you and you can share it with someone that can find some sort of good value out of it. <clears throat> what are we talking about today? Well, I'm sure you guys read the title, but before we do that, I like to talk about some NBA. We had some history. I was going to say historic. We had some history that happened. LeBron James became the number one scorer in NBA history of all time, all time scoring leader. The man has scored 38,400 something points. He passed this man named Kareem Abdul Jabbar, NBA legend. He held the record for over 40, close to 40 years, and LeBron finally broke that record. Incredible. But what's even more incredible than that is this NBA trade deadline. For those of you who don't know or don't follow basketball, an NBA trade line is when all the teams in NBA, when there are free agents, what that means is that on a specific team, let's just say the Chicago Bulls, a free agent is someone whose contract is coming to an end and they're eligible to be traded to another team. So for example, someone on the Chicago Bulls, if their two-year contract is up, they can elect to go play for another team depending on the deal structure or another team could call them and be like hey do you want to come play here that's what happens but those are for free agents also there's a thing where even if you're in a contract you could get traded to another team so for example if Steph Curry played on the Chicago Bulls and the Lakers offered him a better deal to come over there and more money um, the Lakers would or the Lakers would offer a trade to the Bulls and if they accept they accept curry goes there people from the lakers come here and that's how it goes so the last three days in the nba i don't think there has ever been a crazier trade deadline that has or that I, that at least i've been a part of we had like three or four big name nba players get traded to completely different teams and it was just a big whirlwind i was not expecting half the things that went on it was super cool to see the media cover it, and a lot of the players who are super active on Twitter, even they were super shocked. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And there were a few players that, when players had originally gotten traded to their team, were like, wow, this is so cool. We get to finally play together. And then that person got traded to a different team like 10 hours later. So I'm recording this on the 9th, and the trade deadline actually ended at 3 p.m., today so it's officially over but yeah the craziest trade deadline i've ever seen if you guys follow any sort of sports or any headlines like an espn or sports center on instagram that's pretty much all the things that they're talking about is this crazy deadline that has happened but enough of that let's get into the topic at hand for today <clears throat> i don't know why but i feel like my voice sounds a little bit weird unless it sounds like this every podcast, but hold on, let me take some water. <sighs> okay. Uh, man, 15 burps 
in a row. I don't know how this happens, but I don't even think about it. It just happens. But anyway, what makes a good friend? This, again, another topic, very important to me. The first rule when, or I guess rule slash thing that pops into my head when that question is asked is this. Friends come and go. That's something I've learned firsthand, and I'm pretty sure everyone in their lives realized that at some point. Friends come and go. It's important to understand that, you know, no matter who your friends are now, they may not be your same friend group in 10 years or even a year or five years. Because your friend group, it essentially adapts throughout what I like to call the seasons of your life. Think about it like this. When you are between the ages of three and 11, or no, when do most people start preschool? Age of four, I guess. Hold on, burp coming. Didn't come. Between the ages of like four to 11 or 12, when like preschool through sixth grade, you have a certain type of people that you're around. You know, you have little kids that you guys, I don't know, count numbers with, play ABCDs with, you have fun in gym class. You're pretty much around this kid for eight, nine hours a day for six straight years. Of course, classes defer, but you're still around them in some way, shape, or form. When you get to junior high, that spreads out a little bit. You get exposed to different types of people. There's more people around you and your friend group evolves. When you get to high school, you see those junior high kids, but a lot less. You have different classes. You find friends in those different classes. And then when you get to college, everyone's schedule is very, very different. Everyone is doing their own thing. Everyone has their own schedule. You'll have some high school friends in some of your college classes if you know you guys go to the same college. And that's another thing. All of your high school friends that you may have been tight with may be going to a college in a completely different state across the country and all of that. And you have to adapt. And when that, with all that adapting comes new friends to not replace them, but people that you're around, it changes. After college, when that goes on for four years or however long you're in college, comes the real life, your corporate life. If you guys decide to work, which most people do. When you get to your corporate career for eight hours a day, you're surrounded by people at work who become your work friends. So after that, you have your little friend group that you have if you have a wife and your wife has friends and then you're all it's like couples and as life goes on these groups of friends constantly change i still remember the people that i used to hang out with in my fourth fifth sixth sixth grade classes my memories typically start from or my memory from what i remember starts at like third grade i have very distinct memories of third grade And from third grade on to sixth grade, I know the types of people that I was around almost on a daily basis. I have not spoken to any of those people for 10 years. Very few of them. Like, 
maybe like a handful, maybe like two or three of them. But I remember that I had like the close like 10, 15 people that I would surround myself with between that time frame that I just haven't spoke with. And I don't even see on social media. God knows what they're doing. But at that time, I was good friends with them. With junior high, with basketball and being on a team in eighth grade, I remember the friends that I had there. I only probably keep in touch with maybe like one or two of those people from a team that, from a team of 15, 20 people. This is just a basketball team. This is, doesn't even include what happened in, you know, actual class setting. From that, again, I had a lot of friends, but I only keep in touch with maybe one or two. And that is like, you know, maybe like once every couple months, if that. High school, same thing. I had, I had. I had a lot of acquaintances, like people knew who I was, but I was never the one who would like go out of my way to like meet someone or make friends. I wasn't that well known. So I had a, a like okay amount of friends, right? But the kid that I spent my the most time with in high school, to be honest, I barely talked to him, but we're still like, we stay in touch. We're friends, right? But I was with that person for hours every single day now in college and you know when you get an apartment you get roommates that's the same thing as well you stay in touch with that person for like a year two year you build a good relationship and then um like my example you know i moved out i started working so i just haven't been in touch with those people so my point is the older we get as our seasons in life change and what we do changes as our priorities change it's super super natural for your friend group to in some ways decrease and those people that you used to be friends with you just don't stay in touch with them that much it's it's super normal and common for a close friend group of yours and this applies to the same thing everyone who's listening to this podcast they have a close group of friends that close group of friends the older we get you tend to grow apart from them in the sense that you guys just don't see each other much. And the time that you guys do start to see each other, it becomes so much more valuable because when you used to see each other a hundred times a year, now you see each other like five, 10 times a year. When you have two kids and a wife and a house, you got and a mortgage, you got to pay a work and job that you have to go to and have a responsibility for the amount of times you're able to see your close friends automatically shrinks. So that some that to me is sad, but it's also reality that your friends will always come and go. And being said that, and that being said, it's very important to make sure that you have a few people, literally less than a handful of people in your life that can stick with you for the long term because you, can, you will be friends with a lot of people in your life, but a lot of them will fade and they will go. So it's very important to pick those few people around you and make sure that you maintain a good relationship with them the older you get. Because that time with that other person is only going to become that much more valuable. And that is why this question, what makes a good friend, is why I'm talking about it today. <clears throat> When we get older, our problems in life, they tend to get a little bit more personal and they become more reality checks. 
And in that moment is when you need, again, good people around you to support what's going on in your life. Because that high school friend of yours that was there for you those four years during high school, five years down the line, if something tragic happens in your family or if you're not doing well financially and if you need someone's help, it's very unlikely that that person is going to you know, be there to help you because you just haven't been in touch with them for a long time. It doesn't hurt to ask, but it's still unlikely. The older we get, our priorities change. And with our priorities changing, it's make sure to have the people around you that will see that, adapt with it, and still be there to support you in those times. So I do have three things that I feel like make a good friend. And here are all like the normal answers that you guys may expect me to give which is, you know, um, having a friend who's loyal, fun to be around. You know, they have a good personality. They're a good listener. They accept you for who you are. You know, those five are just a few. I'm sure there's more, but these are things that I consider to be very basic, right? <clears throat> I've had friends in my life that have had these qualities that I, to this day, don't stay in touch with them that much. Very few. So... Being a friend of someone, I don't think it's that difficult to have those qualities. Hey, be fun to be around, make make jokes, have fun, have a good personality, listen to when someone's saying something, accept someone for who they are, and be loyal. <clears throat> be loyal to them. If they ever need something, hey, ride ride or die with that person. But my three character or my three, I guess, traits of what make a good friend are a little bit different. My first one is they treat you the same in your lows and in your highs. So what do I mean by that? When you're going through a low point in your life, if someone is there who listens to you, is there to support you, is there to ask you questions on, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Is there anything I could do to help? How can I help you? Can I be better? All those questions is someone that will support you in your lows, right? That will help you come back to that level of being neutral and just moving on with your life and figuring it out. Now, when you have successes in your life and lots and lots of achievement, you want someone that'll encourage you to be like, hey, good job. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the success that you've achieved. But just don't forget where you came from, where you started, and there's a lot more work that needs to be done. That right there, I feel like, is a lot more powerful than someone who is just fun to be around and having a good personality and accept you for who you are. All great things. But someone who will keep help keep your feet planted on the ground because it's very easy to get really low and it's very easy to get caught up in the highs. I try to think about it like this on a bad day i can only dwell on a bad day for that day now that may sound weird but when i wake up tomorrow i'm not going to dwell on me having a bad day today tomorrow's a new day i just got to keep it moving right so my threshold for trying to beat myself up is pretty low because it's not going to get me anywhere Yesterday, I was literally talking about how I had a bad day, bad day with the way I ate. Today, I did a lot better. 
But yesterday, I kept telling myself that I was beating myself up over it the entire day. And that's what honestly caused me to have not the best energy or not, you know, not that much enthusiasm when I was speaking. But today, it's a lot better. And I hope you guys can tell that difference a little bit. Now, that's with the lows, right? Now, when you have a high and I have some sort of success, I want to make sure that I have someone that will be proud of me, be happy for me, congratulate me, but only do that for a certain amount of time. If I have some sort of success and a week or two from that point on, they're still congratulating me on it. Well, it's like, hey, cool. But like, I want someone to be like, hey, what's next? What, what are what are we what are we striving for after this? Like, how can we still improve? How can we help more people? How can we um, how can we do more? Because there's always more to be done. And there's always a moment for appreciating what you accomplished but having someone who's gonna give you that little bit of uh what is it called um what's that saying hmm. i forgot the word but it's like where you encourage someone oh positive reinforcement something like that where they give you positive reinforcement for a certain amount of time and then get you right back to wanting to grind and do more and get to that next level because there's always going to be a next level you could be content for a little bit but then you got to flip the switch to want to do more that's important to me number two they call you out on your bullshit they're real with you that part right there i think is very very difficult because that part comes with vulnerability. Your friend has to be vulnerable with you and tell you something that you may not want to hear. So in moments where they feel like you're bullshitting on your job or something with your career, what you're trying to do or school or skill or your relationships, all that type of stuff, a good friend is someone who calls you out on your bullshit and tells you like, hey, you got to get your act together because if you don't, then there's going to be worse repercussions down the line. That's number two. And number three, this is more of like an out or from like looking from the outside is how do they treat the people around them? I'll give a perfect example. And I love giving this example. If I'm out with my quote unquote good friend, and we're out at a dinner. M me personally, when someone comes and gives me water or gives me food, um, <clears throat> brings me dessert, whatever. If I'm in the middle of a conversation, I stop. I say thank you. I look at the waiter or waitress, acknowledge them, and say thank you. I appreciate it. A good friend, quote unquote, should do the same thing. Like I want, I want to see those things on how they treat the people around them because if they treat the waiter with with that type of respect it's clear that they'll do the same with their family their friends their uh, a significant other and they're going to carry that same attitude with all the people around them and that to me is very important is how your good friend treats other people around you if you treat other people like shit if you don't try to 
take care of them or have some sort of care for another person around you and but they tell you that they do but they don't show it then they may not be that close friend that you think that they are or a good friend <clears throat> but those are the three things that are valuable to me how they treat do they treat you the same in your highs and your lows do they call you out on your bullshit and how do they treat the people around them those three things i think are the most valuable traits in what makes a good friend they're a little bit deeper than the normal answers but i think through these things very regularly and that's why i have the answers that i do um that's all i have for you guys today i did not forget about the gentleman's agreement i never do and i never will the day i will i'll probably end this podcast so here's the gentleman's agreement for those that are new my end of the agreement is the following every day i give you a podcast hopefully i give you a topic that is of your interest and may bring you some sort of value and some sort of entertainment I think I'm a funny guy. My girlfriend tells me I'm not, but I think I'm a pretty funny guy. I hope I give you some sort of entertainment, but I also have a serious side. That serious side is providing value and helping people and paying for people behind me and drive throughs This is my personality. Yeah, I have that side. That's my end of the, that's my end of the agreement. I give you content every single day and I hope you love it. Okay, now you have your side of the gentleman's agreement. Here it is. Very important. Number one, you have to follow and download the podcast, one or the other, whatever you want to do. Number two, I've never had my heart broken. So make sure you give me five stars unless you want to break my heart. If you want to break my heart, that's cool. But I probably won't take you to Six Flags when I have that guest pass. Keep that in mind. So give me a five stars. And number three, most importantly, share this podcast with the person that you bought your Tupperware from and the person that gave you your silverware for your new apartment that you moved into when you moved out of your parents' house. Share this podcast with the guy that came and installed your new dishwasher because the old one was just outdated. Share it with that guy. And most importantly, share it with the person that sold you your Peloton before the Peloton stock plummeted and all the investors in Peloton lost all their money. Share this podcast with that Peloton salesman. Ladies and gentlemen, share this podcast with anyone. Share this podcast with someone that you feel like may get some sort of value out of this, may help someone, or just someone who wants to see a regular-ass brown 21-year-old talk about the shit that he cares about. That is all I have for you guys today. Thank you very much, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.